This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Hey, uh, Jenkins, what are you drinking there, buddy? Ageism. The man is always bringing us down. My brush with race car driver Dick Trickle. And we interview Siri. No, really, Siri. Siri, for yeah. real. Yeah, yeah, serious. Seriously. <laughs> it's Siri. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. <laughs> I'm going to do some beatboxing. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Minutia Man with your super energetic oh, yes. <laughs> duo here of Rick and Dave. We're, we're super excited to be here. Um, and uh, Dave, you look like you have a little bit of stress. Uh, your, your furrowed brow yeah. is telling me that there might be something there, going on there's there. There's a little angst in the Stern household. So yeah. um, Lila, my daughter. Yeah. 16. Your daughter. Yeah, it sounded like you said dog. <laughs> no, my daughter. Yes. Lila, 16, right? She's learning how to drive. Yay! Okay. Yay team, right? <laughs> you don't need to tell me about this. <laughs> uh, and I've had the pleasure of taking her driving several times. And, uh, you know, you've heard athletes say this, you know, like great, great athletes can't be good coaches. Right. right? And I'm a world-class driver, right? And uh, yeah, uh-huh. so I'm not, I, I, in her defense, I don't think I am the best <laughs> best teacher of her as, to, as far as driving goes. And I'm at this crossroads now, no pun intended, yeah. with my daughter, is I can be, I can pick the lane of being that nurturing, you know, educator, uh, you know, rabbi, if you will, driving yeah. uh-huh. rabbi, uh-huh. rabbi and, and really get her, or I can just... Crush your spirits. So yeah. she'll never want to drive again. I'm pretty much on team crush your spirits yeah, right now. I, I see that in uh, you. I've yeah. been in cars with you. Uh, I, I don't think you have... I don't think you have the right... Uh, temperament? Yeah. yeah. Well, neither yeah. do you. No, I don't. As a matter of fact, you know, I, I've got three sons, mm-hmm. two of which are have mm-hmm. driver's license and have been somehow... Uh, the state of Illinois has right. given them permission right. to operate vehicles yeah. in the state. It's easy to get a gun license here, too. Oh, so. But anyway, I, I, I was such a nervous driver with them that I was hitting the brakes right, on, right. The, on the Dad. passenger side. Right, yeah, yeah. And um, I handed off the job to Bridget yeah, yeah. Uh, because she was much better at it. Now, um, I should tell you this. Uh, we were discussing this on the phone the other day. And my son, Tommy, was in the room when we were discussing right. it. And when I hung up the phone, he looked at me and he said, um, just for the record, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you may not have uh, been in the car with us uh, the most, but I can speak for Johnny and say that we were much happier when you were in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. than when your mo- than when <laughs> my mom was in there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think Lila can say that. Cause I, I had, I, it was like Monday night and we were, I picked her up from school at like six 30. I'm like, you want to drive home? You know, she drives out of on Western Avenue. Yeah, so you live in the city. That's, yeah. Uh, that's scary. Right. And it was during rush hour traffic, but I'm like, you know, trial by fire. Yeah. yeah. Didn't the Germans throw soldiers in the water to yeah, teach them how to that's, swim? That's that's how I taught my kids how to swim. So she takes a ride out of the, the Lane Tech parking lot and veers like two lanes over. And then people are honking. And I'm like, okay, we're going to. 
We're going to we're going to land this plane right now, sweetie. So hopefully I crushed her spirits and she'll her husband can teach her how to drive possibly in like 15 years as far as I'm concerned. So, you know, there's something I've been meaning to ask you about. Hmm? So we were at a book signing this past weekend at uh, two. Well, I was at two. Yeah. yeah. Richard Readers. That's and right. Cub Sessions. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, the Cub Sessions one, though, was at a Mexican restaurant called mm-hmm. El Hardin. And um, it was a it was you know a very fun event. Ronnie Rule was there. It was his birthday party, and uh, and we were having a, a nice discussion with everyone. The and bears, for, were, bears were just kicking. The bears were on TV. Kicking ass, yeah. And and for about thirty minutes, there was no 30, Dave. It was not thirty they, minutes. Dave was just gone. Yeah. for thirty minutes. Yeah, where were you, Dave? I, I was laying cable. I was. I had to go to the bathroom. Sometimes I have to go to the bathroom. It was a Mexican restaurant. Thank yeah, you very much. I know, much. but it did not cause you to. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. And we've discussed this previously, but I've never met anyone more comfortable with his bowels <laughs> than you. You can be. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> you can be anywhere doing right. anything, and it's perfectly fine for you to just well, drop everything and go, you know what? I'm going to take a dump. Well, I get, hey. when you got to go to the bathroom, you you gotta go to the bathroom. You no, know, you don't. You 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 squeeze those <laughs> balls together until you're in the inappropriate place. Right, and most doctors tell you that that's a great idea. Um, speaking of which, yeah. is this a segue that we're going well, towards right now? I wanted to mention that because uh, you are so comfortable with yeah. the uh, the whole pooping world. No, I think I'm just normal, and you are. Uh, that's just, that's possible. Uh, yeah, that's possible. Um, and I have to do this cola guard thing. Um, cause I, I don't, I do not have to do a colonoscopy. Uh, colonoscopy. My doctor said I could do the cold guard thing instead, but now I'm reading, uh, the book that they sent along. And do you know that you have to poop into a cup? No, I, I know, but it makes sense. Um, I, I don't know what I was thinking that was going to have to be, but there's a whole contraption here that you put on your uh, <laughs> you put on your toilet as a little hole in it, mm-hmm. and you have a cup, mm-hmm. and you they only want one chunk, mm-hmm. so you do a chunk into the cup, mm-hmm. and then you pull the cup aside and you finish whatever you need to finish, and then you get a little stick that you stick into the into the yeah. one. The, yeah, you know, yeah, turd. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I got it. And you've got to put some uh, liquid into it. It's got a, uh, it's got a tube, and then you stick it in a box and you send it right to them. Right, right. I can't do that. You think that's? A, are you just going to blow it off then and just not do it? Well, I think Here, you I want might. me to do it. I'll do it for you. We'll just put no. your sticker on it. No, and- I don't think I can do this. I'm serious. When my kids, you know, I have all daughters and there'd be times that I would take the kids for their annual checkups. Yeah. And you need a urine. You need them to provide a urine urine sample. Right. Little boys, not so hard. Yeah. Little girls, a little bit more. Never thought of that. So I would have to take the cup and like put my hand underneath them when they were peeing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was actually... You know, it was kind of one of those nice little moments that I yeah, remember. Yeah, was it? Actually, it really doesn't sound like a nice little yeah. moment. All right, we should we should do some minutia because we've that's got what a we're guest later on too. Yes. Donald G. Evans. Coming no, up. that's not our guest. Oh no, that's right. Oh, I blew it, didn't I? Our guest is the Siri. voice of, of Siri. Siri. I'm sorry, I totally screwed that up. You know, and Siri can tell us that the guest is not Donald G. Evans. Donald G. Evans will be coming up right. in a few weeks, but uh, today I totally blew that. I'm sorry. We'll be talking to Siri, and we'll today we'll also be doing 
some minutiae. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! What do you got, Dave? This, um, actually, this is a local story from WGN. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Drunken baggage handler falls asleep in baggage hold and flies <laughs> to Chicago. <laughs> Police say a baggage handler told them that he was drunk when he fell asleep in a cargo hold and flew from Kansas City, KCI, to Chicago. American Airlines says the Piedmont Airlines employee was working American Flight 363 on Saturday when the Boeing 737 left Kansas City. Huh. He just took a little, he had a couple of nips at lunch, maybe, uh-huh. went to the baggage hold and just fell asleep. Do you think he had a, like a flight from Colorado coming through? You know, and some of that, some of that baggage, uh, maybe the, the fumes uh, yeah. might have gotten to him. Maybe. Uh, so um, his name is not released. Okay. Uh, and this guy's name is probably Mud. never going to be released. Yeah. Um, but can you imagine, first of all, a couple things, A, I can't sleep on planes. Can you? Uh, no. How yeah. drunk must have this dude been to be sleeping in the baggage compartment yeah. or the baggage hold of the uh, airline? Um, and second of all, how about that phone call to your wife? <laughs> Honey, can yeah. you come pick me up? <laughs> Where are you? I'm in Chicago. Right. Because I bet Piedmont Airlines probably not going, okay, we'll fly you back home. Yeah, that's You're a good fired. point. That's a good point. So, yeah. Um, I actually got another drunk story. Oh, bonus. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm an educator, as you know. Yes. Um, and I'm a staunch, uh, staunch advocate of teachers throughout this great land. Yes. You know, and, and I'm a. Always I, have been. Absolutely. And I, and, and it really irks my, irks my saddle. Is that a phrase? <laughs> no. <laughs> it irks my saddle when I see a blatant disregard for educators in our okay. in our in our world. All right. Yeah. This comes out of Louisiana. Area school administrator arrested for showing up drunk to school during alcohol awareness week. <laughs> well, what's a better way of showing alcohol awareness? Exactly. It was a teaching moment, right? I mean, she was come outside on. And of she's the in Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana is drunk from morning till night. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, Turley, her name was Rachel Turley. Um, the assistant principal of Pierre Park primary in Louisiana was detained at the school and later arrested because she showed up all schnuckered to yes. alcohol awareness week. Now this reminds me actually of a story. And again, this is a teaching moment, right? Sure. Out of the, out of the, out of the box teaching. Yeah. Right? This reminds me of a story when I was in uh, eighth grade. Okay. Mr. Howard. Uh-huh. Did I ever, did I ever talk to you about Mr. No. Howard before? Um, we, were doing a, uh, we were doing a section on the civil rights movement and Martin Luther King. Now, Mr. Howard's black, okay? Nobody in my class was black. Even though I was inner city, we had no African-American. <laughs> Rogers Park. Yeah, yeah right. Rogers there was no African-American. It wasn't even Rogers Park. Uh, it was Edgewater. Yeah. We had no African-Americans, and we had, like, no Jews. We had some Asians, right. but basically white catholic right basically so mr howard who was an african-american during the time that we were doing the mlk um section decided that he was going to choose six students and say that they were going to be black for a week okay i'm, oh, I'm not wow. this I'm, is this is interesting i'm not making this up yeah. so i was one of the lucky surrogate african-americans um and guess what he did he said okay you six back of the room made us sit in the back of the room and he gave us like three times more homework 
To, wow. Right. Can you imagine someone doing that now? No. Yeah, it would be. No. Um, but it, I, I, that sounds like a good way to teach it. Was, it. it was great. And he was ruder to us and he was, you know, wouldn't let us out for recess, I remember. Really? Which was good because I often got beaten up during recess. So That's that was true. Awesome. And that for that one week, I danced like... <laughs> I was a great dancer. Star of the oh, basketball right, team. Exactly. I was a great athlete. I danced and I was just really cool for that one week. But but that is the story. And it was uh, okay, Mr. Howard. Oh, somebody's calling us. Oh, hey, good for you. I now. forgot to turn that off. There we go. That's yeah. Mr. Howard. Yeah, it is not Mr. Howard. Um, I have a story for you. Mm. Uh, this is about hey, ages. This isn't annoying at all. Can't you just mute this? What? I can't even hear it. Oh, I can. The ringing is going through my. It is. Yeah, I can hear. You mean the buzzing noise? No, I'm hearing the ring, like a ringer. I think that might be in your own head. <laughs> okay. Because it's not ringing. Okay. Well, now it stopped. So go on. <laughs> um, okay, we're gonna have to check that out when I listen back to it. But uh, uh, this is about ageism. This is something okay. that you and I are starting to uh, cope with now. Uh, it's about uh, a Dutchman. Lying about your age on dating websites usually considered a bit of a faux pas. Now a 69-year-old Dutchman wants the courts to make him officially 20 years younger, hmm. likening the change to identifying as transgender. He wants to identify as, as being 49. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Uh, Emil Rattelband has launched a legal bid to change his age by 20 years in order to improve his chances with women on dating apps like like Tinder, right, sure, uh, and to help with job prospects because nobody wants to hire a sixty-nine-year-old right. guy. Um, you can change your name, you can change your gender. Why not your age? He says. Nowhere are you so discriminated against as with your age. That's exactly true. And uh, so he's going through the courts. Yes, he is. Now he's got no chance of right. getting this correct. Um, but my favorite quote here at the end, he says, if I put on Tinder that I am 69, I will not get a response. With 49, with this face of mine, I'll be rammed. He said. <laughs> yeah. I got news for you, buddy. Probably not. But go ahead. You can live in your little world right there. I have a few th thoughts on this. First of all, I have to I, I have to believe that being 69 in particular would be good for Tinder. In fact, I can't wait until I'm 69 so I can, when I tell people my age, I can end it with, if you know what I mean. <laughs> okay, good. I, I, right? I hear what you're saying. Sure. Secondly, I just say this about the baby boomer generation just uh, in general. This is the most narcissistic, uh, uh, kicking and screaming into old age <laughs> yeah. generation in history. Yeah, I know. I it's know. pathetic. All right, now. And know. I'm a baby boomer. Right. I'm yeah. allowed to say that. We're very light baby boomers, we're right? very tail end right, baby boomers right, right. but come on and finally this is you know my thoughts on the legal case of it if they do make age an optional thing and you can declare whatever age you are tomorrow i'm 67 and i'm collecting and medicare medicare oh, and right. social security oh, absolutely or i'd be you know i would put on tinder 82 and look Wow, he's really good looking. Yeah, he 82. looks fantastic for right. his age. And then eighty-two, you know, if if there's a hot woman that wants to gold dig, I'm right there. Right, you're always thinking. That. You're yeah. always thinking. It's a, it's a, it's a financial. It's a dollars and cents with this guy right here. Uh, so, do you have any more minutia for us this morning? Uh, well, we got a winner too. Oh, by the way. before uh, yes, who do we uh, have? The winner, and I, this is by far the best Twitter handle that has won from us. Uh, Frygay 
the 13th. Oh, I like it. Very nice. They won uh, Book of the Year nominee Safe Inside by Lee Kingsmill. Okay. Uh, I'm a Chicago coffee mug, Rick. Very nice. And cameo by Beth Jacobellis. All that's going to Friday the 13th house. Congratulations. I don't even know. And all you got to do is retweet and follow us on our Twitter feed. And Dave, Dave runs the Twitter feed, Minutia Men, at Minutia Men. Um, also, you know, if you want to subscribe to the show, I think, I think have you. most of you do already. Yeah. But uh, it, for those of you who just kind of tune in occasionally, mm-hmm. you can have this show appear on your phone. You can have it appear in your computer. Like the morning newspaper. You, you subscribe to it. Go to iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, Google Play. Spotify. Spotify. Come We're on. on Spotify for crying out loud. We're slapping you in the face with opportunities to be listening. You know what's going to... Gonna, I, I listen to Spotify all the time now. You know what my favorite thing about Spotify from this point further is going to be? Manusia. No more J.B. Prisker ads. <laughs> oh, my God. He he was on every oh, I know. I know. Spotify thing that I have ever listened to. Oh, I know. Um, hey, I got another story. You want to hear it? Sure. Uh, this is a story from our The Man Is Always Bringing Us Down file. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, and this is totally segue good with Mr. Howard and what he did with the... Oh, is uh, this another uh, story about uh, well, it's teaching? A, well, it's, it's a kind of a teaching moment. Uh, the American worker is under siege, and this story makes me sick. All right. Let's hear it. Right. Under Armour employees no longer are allowed to expense strip club visits. That's just wrong. That's a bunch of bullshit. It's wrong. Right, exactly. Under Armour says it's committed to providing a respectful and inclusive workplace after the Wall Street Journal reported the athletic apparel company has stopped letting employees expense their strip club visits. What is this world coming to? <laughs> when you can't go and take an athlete or a client to the white swallow or whatever, the white swallow <laughs> or whatever, oh, I don't know. And, you know, knock down a couple of bottles of crystal <laughs> and have the make company, it rain <laughs> yeah, and, the, and have the company pay for it. Um, this, uh, so this reminds me of a story. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you may have heard this story about that Chicago news reporter story. I don't think so. All right. Well, it appears that there's there was this, and I'm not going to say the name, obviously. Okay. Um, there's a Chicago reporter. Yeah. Okay. That was on assignment somewhere. A TV reporter? A TV reporter okay. on assignment somewhere. You know. Out of out, town. Out of town. Yeah. Right. So, as you do, you take your receipts and you... Turn them in. Turn them in at the end yeah. of, the, of the thing. I so, see where this is going. <laughs> right. So um, this particular reporter comes home and goes to like accountant. Hey, Hazel, how you doing? Here are my receipts. Right. <laughs> so Hazel's looking at the receipts. Okay. Here's the, yeah. here's the hotel receipt. Uh-huh. You know who, uh-huh. here's the rental car receipt. Uh-huh. And here's a receipt from the orifice depot. He <laughs> screwed up and he went to a sex shop. The what? Orifice uh, no, Depot? No, I just made that one up. <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Right. No, I just I made that up. But so he accidentally put that receipt in his pile of receipts to get reimbursed for. Right. Wow. Um, so this is news, a newsroom, right? Yeah. What do you think they do? <laughs> they reported it. No, no they, they took a copy of it and they pay and they. Posted it all over the newsroom. Oh my right. God! How humiliating right. for this reporter right. name. <laughs> Not gonna say the name, um, but it's—is it somebody I know? No. Well, I mean, it's, it's somebody that I would recognize the name. Oh yeah. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, it's, it's not our it's not our friend Dane Placco. No, I know. Of course not. But uh, you know what we could do? Uh, um, 
you know, if someone wants to give us like 10 bucks. Oh, easily. Well, yeah, you send us to Minutia. Uh, yeah. Can you, you could wire us money th- to our PayPal account, right? Yeah, I don't know even want to know how to figure that out. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, send us some right, money so, and we'll give you all a right. little. Um, and, uh, you know what, I just, I, I'm envisioning, you know, the news guys walking around and like, hey, scoops, uh, you got overcharged for your testicle clips over here. What are you, what are you paying 11 bucks for? You can get them at, you know. Oh, my God. At the Orifice Depot. <laughs> yeah, right. And here's another thing that I've noticed about this. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that when a woman goes to a sex shop, it's empowering, right? Yeah. When a guy goes, it's creepy. Yeah. Total discrimination. Yeah. There. I'm with you. I thought when you started telling that story, I thought you were going to tell uh, the stripper story from uh, Vinny's bachelor party. Do you remember this? <laughs> so, so I, you know, Dave and I do not go to strip clubs. I, 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 I've I, always thought of honestly going to strip clubs as like going to a restaurant and saying, can you bring out your, your best looking plate of food so I can just see it <laughs> and then put it away, please? Yeah. And, and don't let me touch it. Yeah, I, um, I'm not a strip club guy. I'm not either. And, and the whole the whole idea of being around strippers yeah. makes me uncomfortable. Right. I don't I don't understand the thrill of it. I really don't. When you're sitting around with a bunch of guys, yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, we were at to a bachelor party and this is what happens at bachelor parties they bring in strippers and this one stripper to uh oh, to vinny's <laughs> you just no, remembered the story <laughs> vinny's you know what? every story <laughs> is humiliating to me have you noticed that that every story there's a there's a there, there's an off-ramp to something that i that happened to me let go me ahead. tell the story right, go ahead. so uh this uh, stripper was, uh, you know, doing some amazing things. If I remember right, there was like a belt involved and, you a know, very corn and a yeah. midget. It was, I mean, just... it, it was really quite, it was quite talented. And Dave, who likes to make jokes, <laughs> uh, was standing to the side and said, where were you when I was in high school? And she stopped in the middle of her routine, looked at him and said, first grade. <laughs> And, and doing the math, Ow. I know doing the Ow. math. She was probably even younger, yeah, or uh, older uh. Than, or whatever. So yeah, yeah. so that yeah. that's my favorite stripper story. Uh, one thing about the Under Armour people, mm-hmm. literally the only place that you can go in which you can't pretend like you're working on selling underwear is a strip joint yeah, where they right. don't wear underwear. <laughs> just just a good point. Thought good I'd point. bring that up. Uh, it's time for uh, a celebrity feature. If I can get the audio, here we go. A random name pulled out of Rurik's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. All right, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls a a name out of a celebrity, and I have to uh, explain... Uh, how I met that celebrity, or if there's some story involved, then tell what that is, story. What does this say? Does this say Dick Trickle? <laughs> yes, Dick Trickle. Oh, my God. Don't you remember Dick Trickle? I do not. No. Dick Trickle was a race car driver. I think he was a NASCAR driver or a Grand Prix driver uh-huh. or something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly, uh, yeah, but yeah. 20-some years ago, he was he was big. Yeah. And uh, I, had, I booked him as a, a mystery guest for... I want to say Landecker. I can't remember it honestly if it was Landecker yeah. or Stephen Gary show, yeah. but we had him as a mystery guest and people had to guess who he was. Yeah. And uh, um, but I realized once I got him on the line um, that I, that John and I, I think it was John, 
we didn't really know anything about him. Right. We only had him on because his name was Dick Trickle. <laughs> right. Sure. And we thought that was funny. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, so, and it is. But then when people are asking you yes, no questions, if you don't know anything about the subject, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, you kind of have to just make it up as you go along. But anyway, um, the whole point of having him on was just to, to, to say. Make, to, to, so to you say, could say Dick, Dick Trickle. Dick Trickle. Right. So we were like, you know. John, John and I have one thing in common. We are both, at heart, 14 yeah, years old. I, I would say like nine. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Um, so I, I just I only put that in the jar just because I thought it was funny that the, we booked a guy just for his name. So does a Dick Trickle go to the Orifice Depot? I bet he does. I bet he does. All right. We have a a big Big guest coming up, and this requires nothing except for our uh, audio introduction, and we'll just launch right into it, okay? And I hope she still stays on the line through this. Here we go. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is a a big thrill here for the Minutia Men. Uh, coming to you live from Chicago, we have a uh, a big guest on the phone, uh, Susan Bennett, who uh, you may know better as the voice of Siri. Uh, thanks very much for coming on Welcome. with us. Hi, Dave. Uh, hi, how are you? Dave and Rick. I'm Rick. <laughs> oh, hi, Rick. That's <laughs> all right. There's two of us. We both have such uh, pleasant speaking voices. It's our probably. Chicago accents, yeah. Susan. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you know, we're big fans. We listen to you every day, pretty much. Uh, Rick has a uh, he has a he has something to tell you as though what he did with his voice. Well, so now I have to confess something to you. I I was in England last summer, and I was and people were walking around talking to Siri, and Siri had a British accent. Yes. And, and it was a man. Yes. Yeah, the very first um, iPhone voice in England was a guy named John Briggs, who is a pretty famous um, BBC announcer. Oh. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Oh, so you've met you've met all the other series? Or, or is I there... have not met all the other series, um, but I did get in touch with him when the Siri thing first happened. Uh, of course, Siri came out in 2011, and uh, we were all all of us who'd done the re- the types of recordings that became Siri. We had no idea. And so we were all just taken aback. It's like, I'm who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you just went into a recording studio and recorded stuff. So the thing that is shocking to us is it seems like you have actually recorded every word in the English language. Is that it? No, of course not. Well, I know that's not true, but how in the world? Yeah, what'd you do? How long did this take? And... uh you know, what would well, they ask you to do? Well, the recordings, the type of recordings that I did and, and all the other people that, that supply these digital voices like, you know, Alexa and Cortana, all the others, GPS systems, these are called IVR recordings, interactive voice response. And the scripts are really, really strange. Um, the first recordings that I did that became Siri, and by the way, none of us knew what we were doing. We thought we were just doing um, some sort of weird messaging for phone systems. And mine started in 2005. I worked four hours a day, five days a week for the month of July. And that was the basic vocabulary that became Siri. Now, those scripts were made up of these phrases and sentences that were created just for sound. Um, Because after the recordings were done, 
technicians and computers would go into the recordings and extract sounds, reform them into new sentences. And these are what ended up on our devices. So we were saying nonsensical stuff like uh, Fossa, ask Fossa, ask Fussy. Or schist fresh issue today. <laughs> hey, hold on, you could swear. You could swear all yeah. you want if you want yeah. to say it. So it was. Uh, it was really, really crazy. Yeah. Wow, that is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and and like you said, you had no idea that you were going to be the voice of Siri. Do you remember the first time you like did you know did a friend of yours say, "Hey, by the way, I bought this new phone and you're on it." I mean, how did you? How did you know about it, or or did they tell well, you? Well, the day that Siri appeared was October 4th, 2011. Yes, she's a Libra. Oh, oh okay. And a fellow voice actor emailed me and said, hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. Isn't this you? And I went, what? Wow. Wow. So I, uh, I went on the Apple site and listened, and I said, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. I'm Siri. How did this happen? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's wonderful. Now, do you have Do you have an app? I mean, I guess even if you don't have one, you should probably say you do. You have an Apple phone? Or you have an iPhone? Yeah, yeah. So in a way, you know, I had ambivalent feelings about it because uh, we're pretty much an all Apple household. Um, But, you know, I knew nothing about it. So it was sort of like, well, wait a minute. How could this be? I never actually worked for Apple. But what happened was when we did the initial recordings, you know, like 10 or 12 years ago, um, we were working for an IVR company called Nuance, and they're the biggest IVR provider in the world. And so Apple got our voices from this company. So it's like it's like the, the people behind the voice didn't really exist. It was just these corporations uh, <laughs> working in uh, cahoots to, to get this done. And uh, I have no idea who chose my voice. I don't know how it was chosen. I know that I never would have been the voice had I not been a voice actor and if I had not done all of those IVR recordings. But I don't know how the voice was chosen, who chose it, when it was chosen. Another interesting point is that Apple did not create Siri. They bought and developed the app, but it was three engineers that basically created Siri. And so it could have been those people that chose the voice. So it's all kind of a mystery. And, you know, Apple kind of likes to keep things pretty close Mm -hmm. to the the, the best. And so um, they haven't ever, you know, divulged anything about the voices. And the new Siri voice, there's a brand new Siri voice um, starting with OS 11. And she talks like this. She's yeah, we a don't like her. Yeah. We hate her. We yeah. want to go back to you. <laughs> yeah, we hate her. Yeah, but <laughs> but I guarantee you, she has a non-disclosure agreement, as do Alexa and all these other voices. Um, the Siri voices were the very first ones of their kind, the first concatenated voices that sounded human and that you could interact with. So basically, the first Siri was pretty much the first public manifestation of AI. And so she's, she's pretty special. So, um, I, I call myself Siri classic. Yes. you are. Uh, <laughs> have you ever met Alexa? No, and I never will because right, she can't because, admit right. to who she is. I, my agent reps her though. And, uh-huh. uh, he told me, he said, Susan, don't complain. You know, Alexa can't do anything, but just Alexa work. And I said, okay, I won't well, complain. <laughs> well, for my, for my money, I'm definitely team Siri, not yeah, team Alexa. Cl- classic Siri. Yeah. Classic Siri. Well, you obviously have excellent taste. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you know, every so often, and I know it's not you, but Siri, 
can be a little condescending. And uh, oh, absolutely. Did my but that's what made her so funny? Yes. Um, uh, the very first time I spoke to Siri, and I don't, I never, I never spoke to Siri when she had my voice because it was just too creepy. Um, <laughs> and I usually just talk to her to get directions. But just for fun, the very first time, years and years ago, when I uh, very first. You know, the very first time I talked to Siri, I said, hi, Siri, what are you doing? And she very disgustedly responded, I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I was like, oh, sorry, sorry to bother you. Yeah, right. This is like a Twilight Zone <laughs> yeah, right. episode. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you get, you know, obviously we, we know who you are, but do you ever get like recognized? Like if you're ordering a pizza or something, do you ever like freak the guy out a little bit? Like by doing, Starbucks, uh, do they write you know, Siri. Siri on there when you order a coffee? No. Um, and that's kind of a, a plus, you know, yeah. because one of the concerns, it took me two years to reveal myself as the voice of Siri because I knew it was going to really impact my career and I wasn't sure if that was going to be a positive or a negative. So I was kind of hedging my bets and doing some research and figuring out what I should do. And, you know, the nice thing is I, I really, I never really aspired to fame. I've, I never mm-hmm. worked towards it. I never really wanted it. Um, all I wanted was more great work, you know. And so when I turned out to be this sort of, well, this very famous persona, um, it kind of worked out really great that people know the persona, but they don't really know me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they don't, they don't really recognize me. I, yeah. I've really only been recognized maybe three times in the past, you know, five years. Really? So. <laughs> so you're like Kiss with the makeup, you know, Kiss, those guys could walk or, or any performer. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you have a significant other in your life? I do. Uh, yeah, I've been married for 21 years. So does your uh, husband ever say something like, uh, Siri, can you go fix me a sandwich or, <laughs> uh, you know, anything like that? Does he ever? Oh, uh, no, no. He's he's kind of over it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's used to he's used to hearing my voice in, in a lot of different um, applications. And, you know, back in the day, I was the, the voice of my son's bank while he was in college. Oh, my God. You can just imagine that. I'm sorry, Cameron. Your your account is, is overdrawn. Yeah, right. Mom! Right, yeah, your mother told you to put more money in there. Knock it off! <laughs> um, you know, we were saying that you are a little condescending. I was putting, I mean, before I went to the studio today, my phone just all of a sudden said this. Are you really going to wear that shirt? And quite frankly, I don't think that was very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but did she have a point? <laughs> yes, yes, she did have a point. He's wearing a White Sox hoodie right now, so <laughs> which I pretty much wear every time we do a show. So now, you know, our president, President Trump, famously uses his iPhone to tweet um, every day, and I was hoping that maybe we could ask you to you know, go back in and record something that you can maybe pop up on his phone and tell him to stop doing that. <laughs> Is there any way? Oh, I, you know, uh, Siri does not talk to him. Oh, good. okay, good. Yeah. That's... yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, Siri is very apolitical. Yeah. I bet Alexa you know, does. She, though. She really, she doesn't want to get into the fray. Yeah, you know, Siri well, tries to be friends with everyone, which we know is impossible, but um, she does try. Uh, well, we we appreciate your time very much. What are you doing now? You're still voice acting. You're um... yes, I'm doing some voice acting. But the cool thing is that Siri. Uh, basically found me a new career. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> um, I do a lot of um, Siri appearances and uh, speaker presentations. So anybody in your audience is looking for 
uh, a speaker. Um, I'm happy to, to come and speak to your group and get in touch with my agent at Vox in Los Angeles, Wes Stevens, okay. Vox, V-O-X. And um, he's a wonderful man, and he does um, all my booking along with his um, colleague, Tom Lawless. So big uh, big shout-out to Vox. And your website is SusanBennett.com, right? Is Susan that... C. Bennett. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, the, yeah. If you for, if you forget to put the C in there, you won't. You'll find someone else. You know, she was trying to sell me the website for for a ridiculous amount yeah, of money. I, I just said, well, I'll just keep the C. It's it's inconvenient, but it's <laughs> yeah, right. It's, but it's cheap. <laughs> yeah, it's less than thirteen grand or yeah. whatever. Yeah, hey, that's right. Hey, can yeah. you cut can you cut Rick and Dave a promo right now in Siri Voice? Like, no, I'll... not without money. Voice. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, see, this is how it works. Uh, no. right. Well, we got. Hey, how do you think I'm going to keep my place in Palm Beach okay. without charging money for these things? Okay. Well, <laughs> wait, wait. Did you say? What did you? What was the first word you said? Did you say Dave? Did Rick, Dave. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Boys. We got that on. Tip. Every time, we're, every time we're on the show, every time we do anything, he always <laughs> make, it's Rick and Dave. Rick right. is always the first name. We'll, okay. we'll get it. Well, straight. I can say hi, Rick and Dave, but I can't really uh, promote anything yeah. okay. without being paid. Okay. All right. Well, otherwise, fine. my agent will really be unhappy with yeah. me. Well, you're not getting anything from us. Yeah. So don't, our don't our do agent anything. is the same way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much for being on with us. We really enjoyed it, and uh, best of luck to yeah, you. Yeah, much health and happiness, and thank you. And and try not to be condescending, but if you do, we won't take it personal. Oh, but Siri think, finds that a lot. She thinks it's fun, yeah. so yeah. I, 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 you're stuck with that, I'm afraid. Okay. Well, thank you, ver- thank you very much. <laughs> thank we you. really appreciate it. So long. Thank you. Bye. Bye. How cool is that? Very nice lady. Oh, very nice lady. Very nice lady, even though she wouldn't do a promo for us. Yeah, that's but, you know... I understand. You gotta you gotta it's, sing for your supper. It's just a really cool story. It is, you know. So, it is. But thank you very much, Susan Bennett, for coming on by. Uh, so, uh, if you would like to find out more about uh, Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com. dot com. Lots We're of also things happening. Lots of things. ChicagoAuthorSolutions dot com. We have <clears throat> we have four or five books mm-hmm. out now. We're we're uh, doing book signings, events all over the place. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Eckhart's Press, and you'll find out more information about all the different things that we're doing. Also, uh, we want to point out that you can email us. Uh-huh. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And the one thing that we always have to say at the end of the show, uh, contractually, we're obligated to say it. Many thanks to Tony Lasano, uh, our executive producer, who does a great job for us. We are distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again in three weeks. Three weeks. Right, All right. right. So we're, we're taking, taking a couple a of weeks off. Thanksgiving hiatus. Yeah. We'll be back with a christmas theme show. With Donald Evans. With Donald G. Evans yeah. coming up in three weeks uh, right here at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Minutia Men. One more time. Minutia Men. Minutia Men. Goodbye. <laughs> Very dramatic. (laughs) The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? If you missed Lausano or Los Los Anno and friends, here's what you missed.
140 frozen turkeys were stolen from an <laughs> Illinois market. Uh, I can't imagine stealing $2,000 worth of frozen turkeys. Maybe it's like the Thanksgiving Robin Hood. He's stealing <laughs> He's the turkeys stealing to, to give to the turkeys. It's, it's oh. hard enough to handle one frozen turkey. <laughs> right. Here's the Thanksgiving. Let's give Jesse White a plug right now. Oh, yeah. Our oh, guy. He, most people, I bet, in this room don't know this. Of all the different things about him we don't know. Yeah. He will have collected and delivered 10,000 turkeys yeah. by Thanksgiving. Yeah. Maybe and personally direct it all himself. He, personally direct it all. He'll, be, he'll start at 5 in the morning yeah. and end at 10 at night. And he's done it for 25 years. I had him on my old TV show very early on, and we had him with the Jesse White Tumblers, and I watched him. He set everything out up with the the kids. He is always hands-on. He's always there. I find him to be an amazing, amazing. man. And very lively. While I'm talking, Jesse White called. <laughs> and he did. I showed you. Yeah. He was calling. I said, should I take it? And so he just said that it's 50 years, 15,000 turkey snaps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> And then he called just to make sure. I said, I can't talk. I'm on the radio. (laughs) Radio Misfits. Get more Lozano and Friends. Lozano. Now on Lozano.com. Good luck trying to spell Lozano or whatever it's called.